the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friends so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Oh Lord, do not withhold your compassion from us. To the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. My friends, um, um, we are coming into the summer to a theme that is um, um, very disturbing to many, and not comfortable to talk about as a matter of fact. Even religious leaders may do not want to talk about it. Um, people in different nations, uh, even the UN, uh, even who have so much watch for such a topic in the world, yet the information is always undermined, most of the time underreported, uh, and in many cases misspoken about, actually, not being um, highlighted to the truth of the light. We're talking about uh, the persecuted Christians in the world. And uh, a theme that is very dear to the mission of hope and mercy, as you know, founded at a time to uh, um, do a charity with the persecuted food and medicine and uh, to educate the persecuted Christians, to give them the right so they have food, so they can go to school and uh, to defend their religious freedom as well so they can be who they can be at best, peacemakers. Those weak people of the earth who myself, uh, to a certain extent, uh, lived as one of them as I was born in Lebanon. Um, today in the world, over 80% of the world population actually undergoes difficulties and some level of severe or um, horrible type of persecution against their religious freedom. And um, to the weirdness of it, the predominant number of persecution takes place in the world against Christians in somehow. But sometimes this persecuted Christians in the world is the largest silent global war that has been happening and is still going on. This war has not ended. You know, in history books, you study World War I, and you say between 1914 and 1917. You study World War II, and you say 1939 to 1945 or 19. Um, yeah, 1945. You, you speak about those local or global wars and you give them a date in which it started and a date in which it ended. My friend, can you believe that the war against faith, 
persecution against Christians and also persecution against the faith of other people as a global war raged by Satan against all of the humanity who believe in God. It never ended. And in fact, theologically, this war started with the disobedient spirits, with Lucifer, even before creation came to be in our religious books. And then with that fallen angel, when he fell from heaven, he went down and he wanted to persecute the image and the likeness of God by persecuting Adam and Eve who fell in original sin and then following the seeds of the woman, the mother of life. So today, <clears throat> we will pray together. Lord will not withhold his compassion from us. We will pray for the persecuted Christian. And today we want to pray in the canticle of Daniel, chapter 3, verses 26, 27, 29, and then 34 and 41. It is Azariah's prayer in the furnace, as the three kids were burning in the furnace. Remember that the Lord, the Son of Man, was with them, and he saved them. So open your Bible and let us pray together. Blessed are you and praiseworthy, O Lord, the God of our fathers, and glorious forever is your name. For you are just in all you have done. All your deeds are faultless, all your ways right, and all your judgments proper. For we have sinned and transgressed by departing from you, and we have done every kind of evil. For your name's sake, do not deliver us up forever. Or make void your covenant. Do not take away your mercy from us. For the sake of Abraham, your beloved, Isaac, your servant, Israel, your holy one, to whom you promised to multiply their offspring like the stars of heaven or the sand on the shore of the sea. For we are reduced beyond any other nation, brought low everywhere in the world this day because of our sins. We have in our day no prince, prophet, or leader, no holocaust, sacrifice, oblation, or incense, no place to offer first fruits to find favor with you. But with contrite heart and humble spirit, let us be received, as though it were holocausts of rams and bullocks, or thousands of fat lambs. So let our sacrifice be in your presence today as we follow you unreservedly. For those who trust in you cannot be put to shame. And now we follow you with our whole heart. We fear you, pray to you. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. I want to say good Sunday morning to our friends, and I want to welcome with us two wonderful guests, Mrs. Denise Lagerson, Executive Director of Save the Persecuted Christians Coalition, and a Coloradan herself, a beautiful family husband and many children, and uh, Mr. Doug Burton, independent journalist with the articles appearing in the Washington Times, Epoch Times, and the National Catholic Register, and he also has... Um, works in Nigeria, as a matter of fact, in independent journalism as well, um, covering what we call the Rural Watch, which is an independent Nigerian journalism uh, group. 
Good Sunday morning to both of you, Denise or Didi. Good Sunday morning. Good morning, Good morning Father. Good, morning, Father. Good, Good to Father. be with you. Thank you so very much. I wanted to start. I probably, if you're surprised that uh, the Lord put in front of me this canticle of Daniel as um, the, the three children were burning, basically, in a furnace. All of a sudden, we see this contradiction. On one hand, we see that these children are still lamenting the sins of their own nation, the sins of Israel, and telling God, okay, we are to be blamed, Lord. We have sinned. But, Lord, you promised us an offspring at the same time. You promised us. You promised Abraham. You told them, basically, to multiply their offspring like the stars of heaven, yet, and like the sand on the shore of the sea. Yet you are being killed every day. Um, dear Mrs. Loggerson, what are in numbers the persecuted Christians today? Thank you, Father. Uh, Open Doors USA reports annually with their World Watch list on the persecution of Christians in the 50 top countries where it is most difficult to be Christian. In 2018, when we started our work with the coalition Save the Persecuted Christians, there were 215 million heavily persecuted Christians in these 50 countries. Father, that has increased in just four short years by 67%, now to 360 million Christians. They are persecuted. Um, they, are, they lose their properties. They are detained. They are kidnapped. They are raped. They are tortured. And they watch their children be dragged off into slavery. It's really horrific, Father. And American, American Christians need to know about this and respond. Doug, it's an honor, honestly, to have you with us um, on a show as well. Um, and uh, you are an American journalist. You have worked with independence journalists in Nigeria. And um, I do not know if you know by the time of the show, in fact, another crime happened in Nigeria, another attack um, against the churches happened in Nigeria, I do believe, on June 19. Another two churches, uh, one Catholic church and um, one Baptist church, um, last Sunday morning, basically, they were um, attacked by gunmen, um, killing three people, kidnapping more than 30 worshippers. And, um, you know, they were armed bandits. They came on motorcycles. They stormed the villages in Nigeria. It's the northwestern in Kaduna State, basically. Uh, and I would love for you, uh, and it's St. Moses Catholic Church as well, in Maranatha, the Baptist Church as well. So while the people are praying, again, this is another crime that just happened. Um, not to start with Nigeria case first, but Doug, what did looking independently as a journalist at the issue, at the severe violence against the persecuted Christians, what did it teach you? And do we have hope that we can make a difference? Uh, thank you, Father Andre. Uh, yes, what we're seeing is a kind of pogrom, to use a, a term that applied to the purge of Russians, uh, of Jews out of Russia in the turn of the uh, 20th century. The same thing is happening in Nigeria, the biggest country in, uh, in Africa, biggest population. And what we're seeing is the ethnic cleansing, is the, the forcing the forced uh, departure of Christians from their homelands that they've, they've held for many, many generations. They're being forced out by Islamic terrorists. And it's very, very clearly a systematic removal 
of people. Uh, really tragic. More than 380 towns occupied by Christian farmers, which is their hereditary land. 380 villages have been uh, taken over by Solani militants, and many of these towns have been renamed. But there is hope for a change, and I'll tell you what it is, is that increasingly these crimes are being exposed, and when the Nigerian government is exposed to be complicit uh, in, in helping uh, the, these forced evacuations, then it gets embarrassed and it changes its behavior. As we saw in uh, May of 2018, when Donald Trump met President Muhammad Buhari, uh, the president of Nigeria, met him at a uh, ceremony in the Rose Garden of the White House, and Donald Trump surprised President Buhari by asking him, why are you allowing the persecution of Christians in your country? Buhari didn't expect this. It was not part of the, the talking points presented to him, but he was flustered. And uh, I'm not sure exactly what he said, but what we do know is that when Buhari went back to his home country, the terrorist attacks stopped for several months, and no one has an explanation. But it's, it is argued that the terrorists out in the rural areas uh, got the word from the president, who is the leader of their tribe. He's the, he's the top Fulani person in Nigeria. They got the word that they should lay off on the attacks. So we do know that media exposure saves lives. And uh, Didi, if I may ask you to clarify, because we, here we go, we started talking about the 300 uh, 15 million people being under persecution, and now immediately we went to Nigeria. This is the largest growing uh, black nation in the world. It's a nation in uh, um, Africa. Um, to just um, pin down the geography for our uh, people who are listening to us, about 200 million in population. Um, around 50% of them are Christians, as a matter of fact. You're talking 100 million Christians and somehow. Um, but you did mention also 50 countries before that. This is a top watch list where persecution happened. Um, in general, what is the message we need that every American who's praying this morning with us? We just celebrated Independence Day. We are entering into a beautiful summer. Families usually plan trips out. They go out. The persecuted Christians go either in their graves or underground. Do you mind sharing what is the message you expect our Coloradans and the people who would listen to our show in America and elsewhere? What do you want them to learn about the persecuted Christians? Well, Father, many um, do not understand that Christians are persecuted uh, because we live in the United States where Christians uh, and and other people are um, given freedom of religion. It is a foundational right that we have um, encased in our uh, Constitution, in our Bill of Rights. And um, what, what is happening out there to Christians as they lose their voice in their communities, um, being marginalized and pushed out, uh, is that... Um, you know, worldwide, uh, these communities are losing the salt and light of Christian love and care and compassion. And, and so the world becomes more violent with fewer and fewer Christians able to do the work of the Lord in their lands. And if we do not stop Christian persecution out there, 
we will see it here. And in fact, Father, in so many ways, we already are. And Nigeria happens to be the world's largest black country. If we are concerned about racism in the United States, we should also be concerned about slavery that is happening today in Nigeria and other lands like it, Pakistan, Afghanistan, all over the world. But we also have Christian persecution happening south of the border in Mexico, in Colombia, in other lands just south of our own country. So we must be aware of it and we must attend to it as best we can by holding the persecutors accountable for their crimes. Doug, if I may ask you, here we go, we're going to go to Nigeria. Our hearts break for Nigeria. Statistics are very difficult. Uh, you're an expert in journalism, and about uh, you covered lots of the stories, and I have two in particular to ask you about. First, the statistic, at least in um, some um, agencies, uh, including Catholic uh, uh, National um, um, Association, I believe, um, they speak about 4,650 people were killed in 2021, and now in the last three months alone, there's about 900 people who were killed. Why isn't it any conference of bishops in the U.S. or elsewhere, why aren't calling these people martyrs of faith? Can you answer that? I can't speak for the uh, Catholic hierarchy uh, because I don't have connections to them, but you raise a very important question, and not only for the Catholic bishops, but for the clergy leadership of all denominations, why aren't they making... But, but, you, do, but you do write articles for the Catholic National Register, right? You do write Absolutely. articles. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you find them when you... Do you call them martyrs in your articles and then they cancel the word, or, or you are free huh. to call them martyrs and then they, they publish it for you? Well, I certainly call them martyrs, especially uh, this poor uh, college student, Deborah Emanuel, uh, who was stoned to death on her college campus on uh, May 12th. She is a true martyr for Christ, and her story is inspiring. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we uh, spoke to a, a lawyer who works for – a Catholic lawyer who works uh, to expose uh, the persecution of Christians in northern uh, Iraq, Stephen Arausch, and he said that uh, there is a misconception, even among the Catholic bishops, that the, the, the driver of the violence, as Laugason said, is actually climate change. It's actually uh, uh, a squabble between herders and farmers over resources. And he said that's simply absurd. That's not, that is a false narrative. And so the, I think some of the bishops may be influenced by the uh, popularity of this, this theme, which is very uh, much proposed uh, and, and, uh, and used by elite think tanks such as the International Crisis Group, but it's simply wrong. It's a wrong diagnosis. And as long as we allow our State Department elites and others to have a false diagnosis, we're going to make no progress. Uh, we know this from uh, former Assistant Secretary of State under Trump administration, uh, Dr. Robert Destro, that the the real cause, you know, of the violence is sectarian hatred. And the real problem in Nigeria, it's not climate change, although there may be some climate change. The real problem is no law enforcement. That's what is the, that is the crying need. However, the, our, our elites with uh, you know, global organizations like the European Union, uh, 
and uh, you know International Monetary Fund, they don't want to see this. What they want to see is an economic problem. They want to see this because the government of Nigeria itself doesn't want to focus on the sectarian problem because it's that's their embarrassment. So the, the elites, like the State Department bureaucrats, they want to make their clients comfortable. They want to talk about the things their clients want to talk about. They don't want to talk about something that really needs to change, like better law enforcement. So I mean? we have we have a young we have a young girl, Deborah Samuel, and um, she's on a WhatsApp group, and she attends uh, um, Shiro Shagari College of Education in Sokoto, and made a comment on her school's WhatsApp platform, basically, um, which her Muslim colleagues considered to blaspheme the Prophet Muhammad, and um, they declared her blaspheming. And then uh, they decided to um, kill her with the stones and planks on Thursday, I believe, May 12. And uh, then they set her body in fire. Is that right? Can you tell us a little bit about the story? This was good Sunday morning. My apology to our friends who are listening. But this is a young girl in Nigeria. And we were listening to uh, Didi Lagerson and we listened to Doug as well, a journalist who worked in Africa about stories of the persecuted Christians. Um, go ahead, Doug. Tell us what happened, the incident, if you can describe. Yeah, was that. Father, uh, yeah Father Andre, Deborah Emmanuel was a brave Christian, and I think she's, she hasn't died. I think she's st- she is still very much alive and with us spiritually. Uh, Deborah Emmanuel refused to be bullied by her Muslim classmates. They were using the WhatsApp group as a platform uh, to promote their radical uh, Islamic beliefs. And she said, that's not the purpose of this platform. We're supposed to talk about testing you know, and the academics. And they got angry. And by the way, there was probably another angle, another motivation too. She's a very pretty girl, and she had rebuffed the uh, advances of some of her male classmates. But the real thing that uh, annoyed them is that she got uppity. <clears throat> she just wouldn't uh, be put down and be bullied by them. <clears throat> and they, <clears throat> she said, Holy Ghost fire, uh, nothing will happen to me uh, when they tried to threaten her. And she said, I, I, want to have, I don't want to see any non, I don't want to see any nonsense prophets, you know, on this platform. Okay, well, that was enough for them to say, well, you're a blasphemer. And of course, it was completely false. They were looking for a pretext to kill someone, and they chose her. And that is, it's happened before, Another man was a, a victim of a blasphemy murder a couple of weeks later. So what this is is Doug, a, this is go ahead. <clears throat> Doug, I, I wanna I wanna thank you. This is only the opening. I wanna beg you. We have uh, the people in Colorado would wanna know more about the persecuted Christians. Um, but I, I want um, Mrs. Lagerson to. Uh, um, just give us uh, final thoughts that we would like to achieve in the upcoming episodes, basically, raising awareness about the persecuted Christians. We have worked on this since 2013 as a mission of hope and mercy, and now as she manages the coalition, Save the Persecuted Christians. You know, um, final thoughts, Didi, on your end. How can we gather the people around this topic? Your just final thoughts, how can we gather them around this topic, even though it's uncomfortable? Can you let them know sure. their voice matters? Yes, their voice matters. I encourage everyone to read the article that is coming out in the National Catholic Register um, either today or very shortly that Doug has written on this um, attack. 
Uh, Doug is one of our partners in the Save the Persecuted Christians Coalition. You can see more of what we're about at savethepersecutedchristians.org. We frequently write open letters. We do regular webinars. And we're out elevating the um, stories of the persecuted uh, across the country and would love to come to your church as well. So thank you, Father Andre, for this time. And, um, and we'll be back again with Doug uh, to finish the story, I'm sure, soon. But you can read about it in the National Catholic Register very soon. Thank you so much, Didi. Doug, you have 30 seconds for a final thought for this opening episode about the persecuted Christians. What do you hope that we achieve? What do you hope that we achieve? Father Andre, I want to encourage Christians to reach out directly to persecuted Christian reporters in Nigeria and pray with them. Call them up. If you need a telephone number of one of my colleagues who's in a conflict zone, call me, Douglas Burton, at 202-203-9883. 202-203-9883. If you can't remember that, uh, contact Didi at Save the Persecuted Christians or, uh, or someone else I work with, like the International uh, committee on Nigeria and people, contact people can directly. contact of course they will contact you they will contact you we will contact Didi we will contact the mission of hope and mercy uh, the prayer for victory and peace I want to reiterate what Doug and Didi said if you want to help your voice matter and your voice matter that you raise the prayers to God he said please pray for journalists who are covering these stories in Nigeria as well remember what St. Paul tells us I can do all things in him who strengthens me so blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my arms for battle, who prepares my hands for war. Our war is about love. Our fortress is to protect and save every life and to give a shield with food, education, and religious freedom for these people so they can worship God from all over the earth. May God rest the souls of all these martyrs and may God bring us peace. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.